Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? All right, welcome into another Auburn Live show. I am Justin Hokinson from AuburnLive.com. Make sure you subscribe to AuburnLive.com if you're not a part of it. It's one dollar for the rest of the year. No, I'm sorry. It's $1 for the next year, but that only goes on for maybe a couple of more days from the time you're going to see this. So that, that's good. By the time Auburn plays Mercer, that deal will not be happening. So uh, go take advantage of it now, auburnlive.com. All right, let's jump into this. TJ Finley named Auburn's starting quarterback. To nobody's surprise over the last week, I think early in camp, this was a three-man race. Uh, it developed more into Finley. I think after that first scrimmage, Finley moved into that one spot. And the last week or so, it's been pretty evident that he would start Auburn's opener against um, Mercer. That becomes official on Sunday. There are a lot of different outlets confirming it. Um, and so the news itself, not all that shocking. Um, got some, some content up at AuburnLive.com about this decision. Um, and I want to say, regardless of what you think about TJ Finley, uh, regardless of what you think about how he did last year or, or what he's going to do for the team, it's a it's of my belief that the decision to name him the starter for Mercer was the correct decision based on what these guys did in the fall camp. I don't think Harson had another option. Um, you know, Zach Calzada came in and didn't perform the way he thought he would, didn't perform the way a lot of people internally thought he would. There's a lot of different reasons for that that I won't really get into. I mean, I know some of them, but it's uh, you know, that that's there's a lot going on there. Uh, but for whatever reason, he didn't live up to um, he didn't live up to the hype. 
uh, in terms of the fall camp. Now, when I say that, here's what I mean. Statistically, from what I understand, Calzada and Finley were, were really pretty close. Completion percentage, touchdowns, interceptions. There's not a massive difference in those two in what they did during fall camp. Robbie Ashford was further behind those two in completion percentage, um, a lot further behind. Um, and so as far as that goes, Calzada wasn't bad. Where Finley was better were the intangibles, whether it's cadence, whether it's alignment and assignment, whether it's getting the plays from the sideline, getting everybody lined up correctly, whether it's the play clock running down and calling a timeout or checking out of a play or whatever it might be. All those things that Brian Harson values, TJ Finley has been better at and shown better skills during fall camp than Zach Calzada. And it makes a huge difference for, for Brian Harson. I mean, that's the difference maker. Ultimately, you want somebody – you know, what kind of quarterback TJ Finley is or what he's going to be this fall. I don't know. I don't know how much better he's gotten since last year. I don't think a lot better, but we'll see. Um, but if he's somebody that's reliable, if he's somebody that Brian Harson at least feels good enough in terms of the intangible type stuff and the execution and the operation of the offense, if he feels good there, TJ is going to get the start. So really, the decision's not surprising. It was a practical decision. It was a logical decision based on what they did. And it was the right decision based on what these guys did in fall camp. It was. Now, once Mercer hits and you start putting game tape, things could change. You know, you got Mercer, you got San Jose State, Penn State. We'll see how this thing looks. We'll see how Finley runs the offense. Let's see how Robbie Ashford comes off the bench and runs the offense. Let's see if Zach Calzada gets any reps. So you'll have more data after the first couple of games to sort of figure out things can change. But as of right now, it was the correct decision, naming TJ Finley the starter. Um, the players think he he had the best camp. Uh, he's got good rapport with his teammates. So from that, you know, he's got the locker room. There's no issues there. And really, the locker room likes all three of those guys. There's really not an issue with any of them. Um, but I think if you ask those guys, they would say TJ had the better camp. And so – um, and so it's not a surprising decision that, um, it's not a surprising decision. If you hear, um, if you hear a little girl talking in the background, it's my daughter trying to watch Paw Patrol. So she might chime in with a little Finley opinion here in a minute, but we'll see. Um, so in terms of the decision, the right decision, it was correct. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens the first two games. Uh, Finley will get the start. Robbie's going to play. Okay, Robbie Ashford, it'll be interesting to see, first of all, are Ashford and Calzada listed as 2A, 2B, or is it going to be Ashford 2, Calzada 3? That might be interesting. That's just kind of a, to me, more of a strategic thing to let both those guys stay in the race. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what Robbie does in the first two games. Does he get actual drives to run the offense, or is he strictly a package guy? Is he strictly a goal line, short yardage, third down, speed option, use him in certain situations type of guy, or does he get out there when the game is still close or relatively close or snaps matter, does he get out there and have a chance to run the offense? I'm curious to see that um, these first two games. I'm not sure Zach Calzada gets in these first two games. Um, I think where he is on the depth chart, unless Auburn's up like 60 to seven, unless Auburn's up like 60 to seven, um, I'm not sure he, he's going to get in because the reality is TJ Finley needs, needs snaps too. And Robbie Ashford needs snaps. 
So even though you would love to see all three of those guys in a game, um, you, you, you need to see TJ and Robbie play. And so I think that really hurts Zach Calzada in terms of him getting in the game in those first two games. I'm not sure he's going to get in, um, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, look, here's what Harson said about TJ Finley. I'll read it to you during the camp. And I think this says a lot. He says, I've always been impressed with TJ as far as his command. He's like a coach on the field. He picks things up quickly. He listens to the nuances. If there's a coaching point, he'll remember the coaching point and he'll echo it when it comes up. I think that says a lot. It talks about his accuracy and operation. That, that's what Brian Harson likes about TJ. And so whether or not TJ is more accurate, whether his footwork's any better, whether he makes better decisions, whether he gets the ball out quicker, takes less sacks, that remains to be seen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But it's the, the things that Harson Harson wants to take some things off the table with his quarterback, right? Like he doesn't want to walk out there on Saturday and deal with a quarterback that's emotional, that's a roller coaster that maybe he's got to worry about a temper tantrum or a helmet throwing or whatever it might be. So the more he can take that, those things off the table, the better. And TJ brings some of that. You're not going to have to worry about him in terms of some of those operational things. He's pretty calm on the field, maybe too calm sometimes. I don't know, but that's huge to be able to take those things off the field. Now you just worry about execution. If some of those things linger and you got to worry about some of that stuff, that's the last thing Harson wants to deal with on the football field. The last thing, the very last thing. Harson tells his quarterbacks, when you go out on the football field, I don't want your feelings. I don't want your emotions. Like, don't bring them out there. It's, 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 you basically be a robot in terms of your focus and your execution on the play, your operation of the offense, et cetera. That's what he wants to see. Not like he's saying you can't celebrate a big play, but we're talking about the ups and downs of a quarterback, a bad play, a drop, an interception, uh, a sack. When those things happen, he wants you to be even keel. That's what he wants. And TJ, TJ brings a lot of that. Um, and so him winning the job wasn't that surprising as of the last week. The most surprising thing is Zach Calzada uh, during his fall camp didn't didn't play up to his ability. He just didn't. Um, I think he got better. I think he started slow. I think it became a mental thing with him and he couldn't really get over the hump. He had a bad first scrimmage that I think got him off on the wrong track. And from there, he just he never really got over the hump and he could never jump back in. I mean, the second scrimmage was situational. Didn't really have an opportunity to make a lot of strides there. And then you're into the third scrimmage. It's hard to do much at that point. That first scrimmage was the, was the big deal. That first week of practice scrimmage, like that said a lot. And so that's why I think it'll also be interesting. Does Zach do anything in practice in the next two weeks? Does he does he start to get things in practice? Does he look better to the point where they say, huh, we, maybe when you try to get him a drive in here. You know, let's say Auburn's offense has just been kind of so-so the first two weeks. And Penn State's just kind of going so-so. The door could be open for Zach to get in the game, but there's a lot of things that I think have to happen before he gets a real legitimate chance in a game to see what he can do. Um, and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. So as far as the decision, not surprising. I think the other thing about this um, that was interesting was the announcement on Sunday happened via Chris Lowe on ESPN, who who reported it on uh, Twitter at about noon or so, eleven thirty on on Sunday, which is odd. 
we talked to Brian Harson back in the sp- not spring media days in Atlanta. And we asked him about the quarterback race and Harson had a very, very well thought out nuanced answer in terms of here's how we're going to announce it. We're, we want to make it a big deal for the starter. We want to respect the backups and the work they put in. Um, you know, we're going to do it right. I mean, he, he had an answer, like he had already planned out how, th- how the thing was going to go, how the announcement was going to go when they announced the starter. I mean, what, what he said, you'd be like, Oh, he's already thought about this. So for the news to come on a Sunday afternoon at 1130, when TJ Finley wasn't told, Robbie Ashford wasn't told, Zach Calzada wasn't told. I mean, there's quarterbacks in that room that found out who was starting against Mercer on Twitter. That's how they found out. They then were notified later. Now, they knew their position on the depth chart. So if you asked Robbie or Zach, if you said, hey, were you surprised TJ was the starter? They'd probably say no. But if you say, hey, did you know who the starter was for Mercer before you saw it on Twitter? They would say no. That was a weird thing about Sunday that I wasn't expecting. I think a lot of the people that, you know, a lot of us that cover it and pay attention to to what Harson has said about how it was going to happen. And that was surprising the way it happened. And it was more surprising that the players didn't know. You go through this quarterback battle um, and then to not find out face to face and say, hey, here's the decision I've made. This dude's starting against Mercer. Um, And to just get on Twitter basically and see it was a little surprising. Um, That was a little surprising. Um, but other than that, the decision itself wasn't wasn't surprising, and it's going to be TJ Finley to start things off, and we'll see how it goes. He's got the respect of his teammates, um, and so there's no issues there. We'll see how much better he's gotten at understanding the offense. And the other element that we won't know until we see is what does the offense look like. Eric Keesaw, offensive coordinator, no idea what he's going to be like. How much, you know, how how involved is Harson going to be in play calls? Um, who's calling the plays primarily? Like, there's still a lot of things we don't even know about the offense, how dynamic it's going to be, how creative it's going to be, how simple it's going to be. I don't know. Um, to me, there's still a lot of not concern, but just a, a little bit of a mystery and a question mark around what exactly. It'll look similar to what you saw under Mike Bobo, but it's still going to be different because Mike Bobo is going to have Mike Bobo is going to have um, some different. Um, you know, they're all going to be a little bit different. Mike Bobo is going to do different things than, than Brian Harson's going to do differently and et cetera. But I think that's going to be something interesting to watch as well. So anyway, that's the news. TJ Finley's a starter, not surprising. Robbie Ashford's going to play. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they use them. And then what, if any, do they use Zach Calzada in those first two games? And then what happens if Calzada's not used at all in the first two or three games? Does a guy like that stick around? I think we'll have to watch that and see. But Finley's the guy. We'll see how it goes. He's yet to start a game and win a game for Auburn. He started games last year, didn't win a game. He came in, obviously, against Georgia State, threw a touchdown, but the games he started at the end of the year, Auburn didn't win. So Mercer might be Finley's first game to start at Auburn and actually win. That would be a good start to the season, and then we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Continued coverage, auburnlive.com. Appreciate everybody joining us. We'll see you until next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.